When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to a special Saturday morning edition of the Flow Track Podcast. I am Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack on today's pod. We're going to recap the first three days of the NCAA Championships, but we're also going to talk about what happened in Paris yesterday, Gordon, because it was spectacular. How are you doing? I am doing great. But yeah, <laughs> Paris was more than spectacular. It was unexpected. It was, hey, yeah, you might be getting a world record here there. We got Faith Kipyegon. We got... A, Steeple, but it wasn't even about those three world records. It was a, you know what? We'll talk about it mm-hmm. in the podcast. That's yeah. why we're doing one. Yeah. It's great to do a second podcast in, the, in in one week. We're doing three if you count. Well, Monday's a new week. Monday's a new week. Yeah. But yeah, this podcast presented by Tracksmith. Boom. We got shirts on. They have been very valuable for our NCAA's covers because these shoes right here. Yeah, they've been powering Gordon in the in the media area. Yes, they have. When you're standing there, watch. You know, some say the athletes. Are putting a lot of hard work and like getting really tired mm-hmm. it's tiring to stand on your feet for like four to five straight hours yeah but with these shoes it's not that bad they're the independent running brand gordon with a deep love of the sport these are the elliot runners i'm wearing them right now gordon's not wearing his so that way you right can here. demo them that's how strongly he feels about these elliot runners though they're soft they're springy they're mimicking the trails and soft surfaces that that people run on and we're uh, very appreciative that they're sponsoring this podcast so yeah these are elliot runners the website tracksmith.com tracksmith.com check them out yeah and uh i'm getting word that my audio is not as good as your audio uh, twice in a row so man i maybe want to check the mics make sure my audio is equal because kevin can't have better audio also than me. gordon is manning the, the comment section because my computer decided to pack it in <laughs> yesterday so if you're in the chat and you're saying why I had an awesome comment, I had a once in a lifetime, a generational bit of insight that isn't getting read, it, Gordon is tasked with that this time. Yeah, we're getting comments. Audio is very tiny. Tiny. I don't know what that means. Small. But Amanda, is the audio all right? We'll, we'll sort the audio out okay. as we go. Well, my computer's making weird noises. Off to a good start here. So we're going to start with Paris, and then we're going to go event by event. For the men's finals, maybe point out a thing or two that was significant for uh, on the w- women's side of things. But we'll have a full women's recap, obviously, coming on Monday because the finals are today. But let's let's jump into Paris, shall we? Yeah, start the men's two mile. Men's two mile. It was on before the TV window. They made it part of the TV window because Jakob Ingebrigtsen was going for that 758 mark that has been held by Daniel Komen for many years. We don't run the two mile that often, but just the whole mystique of back-to-back sub fours made people very interested in this time. El Garouge had run a, a sub eight before too, so it had a lot of weight behind it despite not being a race that had run, been run very often. Jakob stuck with pacers, had a couple pacers early on, was clicking off you know, the times that he needed right at where the pace lights were, you know, 60-ish. And then he got to a lap to go, and, and that's what he needed, about a 60 for the record. He, he started moving up a little bit on laps five and six. 
And then he dropped a 56 last lap to run 754. So there was no doubt by the end of this thing. Yeah, so it was official splits like four flat, 354? That's that's what it looked like to me. I, I just saw a 400 meter split. So you have to go back and get the exact timing because it's, of course, 3,218 meters, not 3,200 meters. But yes, it was a faster last mile, negative split the last mile. Yeah, it kind of made it look like that record should have been broken many years ago. Mm -hmm. It's an old record. It's obviously not run that often. But the fact that you're able to break a, a two-mile record by four seconds yeah. shows that there's more room. Like, Matt, Jakob could have gone out in, like, 358, 357. Yeah. And then closed with another 355 or something like that. It also makes me think Jakob is the perfect person to break it because he has the 1,500 speed. He has the 5,000 strength. I mean, he's got strength all the way going to cross country. And he was a good steepler, too, when he was young. So he was the perfect candidate to break this, too. Yeah. What do you think about this, like, how – what does this mean about his trajectory the rest of the year going into 2024, 2025? I mean, obviously, he was already the heavy favorite in the 5K, heavy favorite in the 1500. We know he can lose. Mm -hmm. Shout out Jake Whiteman. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of those weird things where he breaks a world record and it's kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. There's it, no like, whoa, he just did that. Right. Because like, he's, he's so good. He had an indoor 1500 meter record. Yeah. Different sort of record. But I don't think of it in the context of where does this put him in terms of the 1,500-meter rankings right now or the 5,000-meter rankings. I think about what does it do for his pursuit of other records. And they mentioned on the broadcast his designs on going after the 1,500 mark, which is another level up from the two-mile mark. But it makes me think that that's a possibility. I still think it's going to be a really tough haul to get that 326 from El Garouche. But I think about it in the record context. I don't think about it. He already was a favorite in the 15. He already, in my opinion, was a favorite of five. That doesn't change because he ran an insanely fast time trial, but it makes me think maybe he's going to strike while the iron's hot and go after an even harder record next time. 1,500 in Monaco? 1,500 in Monaco or whatever the next fast 1,500 is. It makes me think that he's in that sort of shape and he's in that sort of mindset right now. That will give him a little bit of chance to reset before he gets the world championships in August. And he, may, he might think, hey, this is my window to chase records. I'm going to take advantage of this two, three weeks right now. You saw another person do that in Faith Kipyegon, took advantage of their record window. Because if you wait, then you start running into world championships. World championships happen. You don't know how, how you're going to be doing energy-wise post-world championships. You don't know what the fields are going to be like. You have to take advantage when you have it. And right now he has that window. All right. I'm putting the line down. Yeah. If you were a betting man. Yeah. And you had to... You had to, you, your life's on the line, mm -hmm. all right? Everything's on the line, your house, yeah. your life, your family, everything's on the line. And you needed Jakob to break another world record. Yeah. And you get to enter him in one of two races. You can enter him in the 1500 or the 5K. Life on the line, family on the line. Oof. Jakob needs to break another world record. Do you ask him to run a 1500 or do you ask him to run a 5000? So what is the... What's the 5,000 is? You got, all the, you got all the info in front of you. 1,500-326 by El Garouge. That's obviously a lot older than Joshua Chepta, guys. 5,000 meter world record. 12-35-36. I think I would go 15. Really? I think I would go 15. So you think he's more likely to break 326 than 12-35? Yeah, and the 12-35 is so much newer. You'd think it would be opposite, but I just... 330 indoors. What is he? He's on 328. I just feel he's a great 5,000 meter runner, but I just have more confidence in him 
at that shorter distance than I would at the 5,000. Okay, I'm taking the 5K. So one of us is going to lose our family <laughs> and our house. We'll find out. Well, one of us owns a house and one of us doesn't. <laughs> and one of us has a family and one of us doesn't. Well, you have a family, just not, yeah. not kids. Yeah. Yet. All my family's older than me. Yet. Yet. He hopes to one day, folks. All right. Do you want to talk about Faith Kipiegon? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the world record that the world record breaker didn't even expect to do. Well, she didn't even expect to do the first one. So yeah. now she really maybe didn't now this, this is, one. Maybe, she's, maybe this is a bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe she, she... Whoopsies, I broke another world oh, record. I didn't know it, even though I was running on pace the entire time. I just tripped and fell and ran 12 and a half laps. This was... She ran it as if she was just letting G'day guide her, which was smart because G'day's the world record holder. And then she took over when she needed to. She didn't go for broke when she took over. She kind of, she waited and waited. She was probably balancing two things in her head, which was just win the race, but then also, okay, now I can get after it and run a world record. She was sub-61 in the last 400. Did I get that split right? I believe I got that split right. She was sub-60 you know, 60 high the last 400. Yeah. Because it looked like they were on for a little bit, and then it looked like they had just drifted off in those last couple laps. And you can see a world where they go – you know, 14, 10, and you're just like, oh my goodness, what's this mean for Faith Kipiegon's future? Could they actually break the world record? What would have happened if they didn't focus on racing each other and they just went for it? But it didn't happen. They raced each other and they went for it. Credit for took a day too, because it would be easy for her just to have packed it in the last quarter. She still held it together. That was the third fastest 5,000 in history after her old world record and after what Kipiegon did in that same race. This was cool because it was just a fantastic race on top of a, a world record attempt. I don't really know how to quantify what Kipiegon is doing. It, it's not, it's not uncharted territory in, in terms of the dominance in the fifteen to the five. We've obviously seen you know, Safan Hassan do this recently, but it's uncharted in terms of nobody's ever had those world records at the same time. That hasn't or at all. Like there's never been a fifteen hundred meter world record on the women's side and a five thousand meter world record in, in their careers. So we are in a, a weird spot now. We are in history watching Faith Kipiegon and to do it all in a week. Yeah, we need to call up the Bare Naked Ladies and update the song one week. Yes. You know, it's been one week since, and it's been like one week since you broke a world record. Yeah, and you and broke another she, one. And we need to add Faith Kipiegon a line in the one week by Bare Naked Ladies. I'm not sure what my lyric would be, but... Yeah, song's a little dated too, but I'm sure people would appreciate it. I just... It's a great song though. When you... Doesn't it just go like it supports the whole theory of when you're when you're in a zone you're in a zone yeah and it and it makes sense and we don't think of her as a 5,000 meter runner because it had been eight years since she ran a 5,000 but she had just run 349 so if you have any sort of endurance training on top of 349 you can't help but run a fast 5,000 you put her in the race with the world record holder you put her on a fast track which obviously Paris is a fast track three world records in one meet and and it makes sense that, that she could do this. We are creeping closer to sub-14 too, which is exciting. It's just an interesting thing. You look at – there's always some unique weirdness to a, a world record, right? You have Wade Van Eker doing it in the outside lane. Right? Yeah, yeah. You have Faith Kipiegon doing it when she hasn't run the race in eight years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just something about when there's not – it's not supposed to happen. Yeah. That's when it happens. Yeah. Well, and with her... Uh, Kipchoge, when we're like, he's old and he's already done the whole thing and then he does it in Berlin. In Berlin one, one more time. Yeah, you're right. Oftentimes, the ones that are hyped up don't materialize. And yeah. the ones that you don't think... Because we didn't think in Florence she was going for it. And, yeah. then you're, and then it becomes very clear she's going for it. This one, 
I know they had talked about it, and one the the commentator had said he had a it was a four K split in mind, and he thought if they're at this split, then then it's on. So he would, clearly someone was talking about it and thinking about it, and then they ended up being like a half a second off of the number that he said. He called it shot basically a lap before that split. So people were thinking about it. People were talking about it. But I mean, she didn't run in eight years. She think about that. She and had just the world record. Well, and most people would have been tired coming off of running 349. She wasn't. Maybe people thought when they said world record, they're like, okay, well, Gaudet is in the race. So maybe she can break her old world record. Maybe they weren't even just talking specifically about Faith Kipiegon. But yeah, she what did in that Florence post-race interview, she talked about in the future run of the 5K. I, I don't think she mentioned anything for this year. So I think we're just going to see her in the 15. It sets up all sorts of interesting stuff if Hassan sticks around the track. Because before we were talking about Hassan going down to Faith Kipiegon's territory and battling in the 15. Now we have a potential 5,000 meter battle as well, too, of, of the. Does the schedule era. work out where they could both have their. Like, she could win the 15th, Hassan could win the 10K. So they'll both be gold medalists going into the 5K. You're talking about Paris? You're uh, talking about Budapest? In Budapest. It's a good question. Don't know. Laptop's closed. <laughs> I'll look at the schedule. But that'll be a cool little the yeah. two gold medalists going at meeting halfway oh, yeah. Yeah. In, in uh in the middle. Here's my question now. Yeah. What is more impressive? The five K world record or the fifteen? I think the fifteen hundred as a time is more impressive. I haven't looked at the charts, but for me the fifteen hundred is more impressive as a time. The five thousand is more impressive in terms of overall resume. Okay. <laughs> Just Oh my gosh! Uh, and a week later, your first one in eight years—you you broke the world record. But I think the three forty-nine still, and you could tell. Okay, you could just look. She ran the five. The day was really close. She had competition. She ran the fifteen. Now, not you know, not everybody was there, but Laura Muir was there. Laura Muir's a medalist, and she was in a different race, pretty much. So it just goes to show you where those two marks stack up historically. But yeah, it's just the unique nature, the surprise nature of the five. You got to give that one credit too. Yeah, we'll be interested to see what Kipiegon does in 2024, 2025. Yeah. She did hint at marathon after a 1500. I mean, maybe she's just going to do the exact same thing Hassan has done. Yeah. But she's going to do it with faster times because now she has a 1500-meter world record. She's going to work her way all the way up because now she has a better 5,000-meter PR, obviously, than Hassan too. It is fun where we see kind of these women kind of try to like – grab a hold of all the records, mm -hmm. like try to hold the 5K and the 10K record at the same time, but then yeah. someone breaks, like they're breaking it against each other yeah. and no one's able to hold onto the records, like kind of have a sweep of records. We're in an awesome era of yeah. women's distance running from the 800 mid distance all the way up to the marathon. I mean, you could argue from 400 all the way up. Yeah. Why well, distance? You can't claim 400 distance, but 800, you, hey, you can a little bit. I ran the 400 and I was on the cross country team. So it's distance. And it worked out well for you. He's here, folks. Look at me now. This is where we check in on the chat. Are they saying anything interesting? Oh, I've never done this before. Uh, all in the game asks, what could Faith do in the 800 right now against Keeley? Well, if you run three, what do you think? What what a male 349 runner, what would you say they could run a 800 in? I mean, you have to, I'm sure she can run sub two for sure. I think one yeah, you 57. Think? I mean, she closed in 60 point. Do you yeah. think she can run sub two in a 5,000? I'm just starting, I'm, I'm, I'm removing all the over two minute times. And I'm narrowing it down. This is how my brain thinks. But I'm saying she's sl she's slower than the world record. 
and she's faster. So she's than somewhere two flat. between one fifty three and two flat. Yeah, and then now I have seven seconds to deal with, so I'm gonna say one fifty six high. Okay, I landed on one fifty seven low in my head. So we're like the same. Yeah, but if someone ran three forty nine, what would you think that they're? Yeah, but there's something. Would... Yeah, it's, it's different. She's a five k runner. Yeah, that's true. Distance. Well, is she? No, she might I don't be know. An everything runner. She might be an everything runner. Anyway, all right. So when we see these two world records, we're like, it can't get any better. It does. Steeplechase world record. And he, <laughs> he destroyed it. And it was so predictable. I knew this record was being broken the moment the gun went off, basically. And it's not even the guy who's the best of this era. That's Sofiane Al-Bakali. But this was Lamecha Gurma who did it. 752.11. He smashed it. That record's been there for a while. Shaheen's mark had been there for a while. But it was as if he didn't even believe it. He kept turning around. And you want to say, hey, man, you're faster than anybody in history. There's no one there. There's literally no one behind you. And then it looked like he was drifting out and he wasn't going to be able to get it. Because you're looking at the lights. And I think he was turning around because I think he was trying to see the lights, lights behind, behind him. him. But you don't need to do that. Don't do that. Just keep going. If you don't see the lights next, you just keep going. What's more stressful, running and being worried that someone's going to catch you? person or a light bulb's gonna catch it he was it was like he was protecting a a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter that's how germa ran the last three laps and he he held him off yeah and he had that nice little burst at the end but it was getting closer getting closer getting closer and then he responded and then it was not close by the end but it is an interesting fact where you have el bacali the guy who's got the gold the guy who people would pick right now as the best people in the world and then you have another guy who has the world record and germa listen this is the byproduct of a 3,000-meter runner running the steeple. That's what I said before. That's what I'll say again. It was hammered home watching this race. That's a 3,000-meter runner who happens to be running the steeple. That's the level of speed he has over the flat, 3K, and then you apply it to steeple, you get a world record. I was watching the lights and him, and mm -hmm. I was thinking, this is kind of unfair mm -hmm. because he has to go over barriers, but the lights don't have to steeple. Yeah, you're right. That's Why don't the lights have to go up? And down the barriers. I did lose track of the lights when they went by the, the water pit yeah. a couple times. And I said, Oh, is he off the pace or is he way ahead of it? And I was like, Oh, no. They gave the lights a competitive advantage. The lights were running, the lights were doing 3,000 meters. He was doing a 3,000 meter steeple. Must race. be tough, though, for the engineering of the lights because they're all ready, they're all set. And they're like, Oh, wait, there's another race you have to plan for. Has yeah. there ever been lights for a steeplechase record? Yeah, yeah. I've, well, not a record, but they'll have it for like meet records and stuff. Oh, they have? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it out there before. Oh. But it just adds an extra degree of difficulty. Germa, world record holder. I, I mean, this just really energizes that event, too. We had this, the tactical steeple, remember last year at World Championships, where they ran, everybody was in the in it with a lap to go. I don't think we'll see that this year. We shouldn't see that this year. Germa should go gas, gas, gas from the get-go. Kevin, you know me. You know <clears throat> I'm a degenerate world championships gambler. Yeah. I'm hoping... This, that the books keepers see this world record and be like, he's the world record holder. They're absolutely going to do that. He's the favorite. And I'm like, no, Bacali. Because Bacali, in my mind, is still the favorite. Bacali could break, if he wants to, if he puts a good effort out, I think he could get this world record before world championships. There's a possibility of that happening too. This could not be the only world. This may not be the only world record in the men's steeple this I year. I could argue though, but Bacali, Even if he doesn't though, he's. I think he could still win the gold, obviously. I could argue... I could see a world where Bacali could never even touch 752. He's pretty close last week. And I mean, I don't know I how think, much it was set up for the I think record. the skill set that Bacali has, though, it's is different. he's found yeah. a way to have 
a wicked final lap in a steeplechase. Yeah. And that it's not just because he's talented like endurance wise and speed wise. There's something about having speed over barriers that is Ezekiel Kimboy. Yeah. Listen, if Germa doesn't go out hard in he's the world championships, he's yeah. not gonna win and everybody's gonna second guess his his decisions. I'm just saying El Bacali could get it. He has the potential to get it. You're right, maybe Germa's like an overall better candidate, but I think the record could get broken couple times this year yeah all right so three world records yeah you think that's enough for a meet to be like this is a great meet but there were like six other races yeah without a world record that you could argue are more entertaining or more interesting than some of these world record performances i don't think anything topped the women's five in terms of entertainment because you had two people battling fair so maybe fair yeah enough. if you're not into solo time trials maybe the other two races weren't as interesting to you. Do you want to talk about the women's? I'll, I'm going to do my power ranking. Okay, go ahead. Well, not really power ranking because I'm just seeing. We first got to talk about the women's 400. Yeah, let's talk about it. Sydney McLaughlin, Laverone, makes her long anticipated debut. We've been thought she would run at the LA Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. Bobby Kersey says, not yet. She goes to Paris. We're guessing she was in this meet because she probably was doing PR for NBC Paris Olympics. I saw some footage of, I think, Noah Lyles on, like, a boat doing an interview. Yeah, So they're Today doing a lot stuff. of, like, promoing stuff for... 2024 stuff. 2024 and I'm sure there's Paris. Always, if you're a big star, there's always business you can do in Paris. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. True. And But it's like, hey, I'm getting here for NBC. Might as well go run the track meet. I think that's why she's in the Diamond League. It's, I think that's why she ran this race. Yeah. I mean, what, regardless, she ran the race. So it's exciting to see her in a race. Yes. Running the 400, which we've all been thinking Tough about. Tough field, too. What can she do in the 400 against... Paulino and a great field. Uh, and Nasser. Nasser. She goes out in 22 seconds. So fast. 0. 0.6 or something like that in the first 200. She makes up the stagger <laughs> on Paulino in the first 70 meters. No, 70? It yeah. was like 17 meters. 17. It was right. so quick. It was, I thought, I was just dumbstruck by how fast she went out it was it was so much fun that first 200 and i thought is she gonna defy defy the laws of the 400 here because that happens a lot and no she came back to her last hundred and paulina went by her i mean i thought but for the first 20-ish seconds were you like she's gonna run one she's gonna run 47 seconds that's yeah. what i was thinking i mean i thought 48 i thought if i thought there's no way she can hold this but i thought if she slows down she's still gonna be able to handle it i but, thought she could hold it well, we just watched. You hold twenty twos. That'd I don't be pretty know. tough. I just felt like it because, like, she, yeah. After what we saw at Worlds in the right. four hundred hurdles, right? You kind of just understand there's no limits to what Sydney can do. So you're like, hey, if she thinks she can go on twenty two seconds, I mean, I didn't know it was you give them the benefit the of the doubt. Yeah. yeah, you give them the benefit of the doubt because they're extraordinary generational athletes who constantly like, do crazy things. Yeah, and you just you don't think you can overshoot it. Like if if you're watching. It's like before the four hurdles, and we're all predicting what she's going to run, and none of us said <laughs> mid fifty. Yeah. we all thought we were being ambitious, and she just upped it a level. Like so when yeah. Steph Curry shoots a half court three, you think it's going. You in. think it's going in because it's Steph Curry, but it's not always going to go in. Percentages because... don't work that way. Yeah, but in your mind, you think, hey, they're never going to miss. Yeah. but then they do miss because they're human beings. She said. Kersey wanted her to go out hard, so maybe there's something in the works for later. I don't know. Like, is the strategy going to be holding 22s? I just think when you don't have a ton of races, you don't have a ton of reps against people, especially in a race like the 400 where there's just such a fine line between being too aggressive and not being aggressive enough in that opening 200, 
you can you can go a little bit too fast and that's the end result but credit to paulino my main takeaway was this i still think sydney is the favorite because i'm not going to deny how great of an athlete she is but if, if she runs a quarter this year it's going to be a battle because paulino is really good and i think nasser is going to end up being really good i don't know if he's going to get back to where she was before the suspension but she's really good so and Britton wilson exactly we'll see tomorrow yeah. today later today so it's not going to be a margin like we saw in the 400 hurdles if she runs in the 400 that said i'm not going to overreact to the first race you'll credit paulina's already been sub 49 i'm not going to overreact because i thought the way she ran the race was was is going to be different than how she runs it later on but yeah paulino is a very tough out she is very very strong yeah uh at the end of the day she still ran sydney still ran 49.7 or was 49.7 yeah, yeah, as PR a and- season opener pr can't really ask for anything more it looks very differently if Paulino's not in the race. Then all of a sudden, hey, she went out hard, held and on. And she still ran 497. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you kind of, the perspective changes when you see someone walk her down. You know, we don't see that. It's kind of weird. It was, wasn't it kind of like, Sydney's getting walked down. Well, people are like, oh, it's so weird to see her lose. But she's put herself in these off-distance races where you see her not cross the finish line Yeah, she's run the 100 hurdles. 60, 60 hurdles. 60, yeah. She ran the flat 60. So it, 200. She, she's yeah. not afraid to run a race outside her comfort zone and then and then get beat. Now, if she loses at a championship, I mean, we've seen that. We saw that in Doha, but it's been a while. But since that was like it. early Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And it's again, pre-COVID Sydney. And I don't know if, again, I think they're going to figure it out by the time world championships come around. But I, I do think it's going to be close. It's not going to be a one-sided race. It's not going to be just her versus the clock. The good news is the byproduct, if she does run the quarter, is going to be something generational. Like between her and Paulino, they're going to ha- they're going to raise each other's games so much in that last 100 meters that the, that the end result is going to be amazing. But we still don't know what she's running. And they asked her afterwards, and she still didn't say. So we don't know. There's a possibility that she's going to go back to the foreign hurdles. Can I do my prediction? My is this prediction? an updated prediction, or is this Maybe the same, same prediction? prediction? Okay, I well, it's the I same prediction. prediction. What's no, the prediction I made? We don't want any reruns. You said she's going to run one round at USA's, yeah. and then she's going to run the quarter at Worlds. No, she's going to run. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're going to run. She's going to run the 400 hurdles at Worlds. Yeah, she's going to scratch. She's she's not going to run a championship in the 400. She's not going to run USA Championship. So you think she's running the 400 hurdles? I still think she's going to run the quarter. I think that they're fine. They're where they want to be. They're not going to get deterred by one race. It's also interesting. If she had run in LA, she would have ran against Paulino yeah. anyway. So, and in many ways, the Paris field was tougher because you had Nasser. Didn't didn't really matter for her because she was running basically by herself until the last hundred and she got second well she probably knew she was gonna run in paris paris so she's like i'll just do one for do the do, do the quarter there but good to see her back in the diamond league men's hundred that's not the next one. On oh, i'm list. sorry sorry does the chat have anything i need it no i have the order i know but let's see what the, does the chat have anything the chat i just want to see this on a mind of its own that's okay you know maybe someone said something interesting uh we're talking about a thing though, which we'll get to on this next one. Let's talk about the women's 800. Keely is on a tear, man. Well, I don't know if she's starting a tear. She was on a tear indoors. She's back on a tear. Is that how you'd say it? I was so impressed by how she ran. This was a tough field. It didn't have a thing mo in it, but it had Natoya Ghoul and it. it had Ajay Wilson in it. This was legit field. And she started moving really away from them with 250 to go. And that's when you knew it was something special. PR, British record. 155.77. Yeah. I think I think she'd be the top. She's number one right now, you have to say, just because she's running. Now, if she raced with Mo, the odds would probably be tilting towards the thing Mo because of all the golds. But, woo, 
This is an impressive race. Yeah, very impressive. And if this is where her starting point is, you got to think there's going to be a little more in her that she's going to be able to get into the 154s, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is this the starting point? I mean, she ran a big indoor season. It's Outdoor June. starting point. I know, but it's June. It's not like she didn't run for three months. Well, no one doesn't run for three months. When all these people who don't race, you know they're still running, right? <laughs> exactly, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know how much of a starting point it is. But anyway, your point is, could she run the 154? It's her yes. season opener outdoors, isn't she, it? It's a starting point. She could run 154, to answer yeah. your question. Yeah, I don't want to be And if choose. she can run 154 at age, what, how old is she? Is she 21 now, or 20? She is, guess. <laughs> you keep asking me questions in my She's 21. Calls. She's 21. No, I was right. Uh, you got to think that... There may be a point, if she goes on and has a great season, runs 154, going into the Olympics, you're 154, 22-year-old, you start thinking... <laughs> it doesn't matter what age you are. If you're, 154, if you're 154, you're close to the world nope, record. It does but matter what age you are. If you're 154... If you're 154 and you're 40 years old, you're not breaking the world record. Well, it depends when you ran 154. If you ran 154 a couple weeks ago and you're 40, then yes, you could break the world record. She could break the world record. I think Mo could break the world record. I don't know if they're going to, but they can. We can say that they can do that. That's definitely a possibility. But short term, it's all about the chase for the gold this year. And I think it's it's really interesting. I think it was really tight last year. We saw how close the World Championship final was. I think this year uh, it could be as close. And maybe people would be tilting Mo. Or sorry, maybe people would be tilting Hodgkinson just because Hodgkinson has been running yeah. frequently. I think you got a good race. Similar to like Shelly and Fraser Price. It's hard to put Shelly in number one in the world right now when she has zero times to her name. It's starting to get hard to put a thing mo number one in the world when you have someone like Keeley running 155, right? Running a strong indoor season, yeah. and you're like Mo. It's like, what did Mo do this year? Oh, she didn't run at all, and she had a close victory because we remember she she didn't dominate Keeley in that. That's what I said. As yeah. I said, yeah, it was a close race, and Mo didn't dominate Wilson at U.S. Trials yeah. either. So. Yeah, 2021 was different than 2022, and then we don't know what 2023 looks like for her because we haven't seen it, but we know 2023 Keeley is, is pretty good. Okay, now let's talk about the men's 100. Before we do that, though, we got to shout out our sponsor. We should. Another time. Tracksmith, sponsoring the show. Remember, they made the apparel. This is the first foray into footwear, though, with the Elliott Runner. Uh, check them out, tracksmith.com. It's a neutral everyday trainer. Featuring a two-part supercritical P-back system, softer, thicker insole, firmer midsole to mimic the feel and responsiveness of soft, natural surfaces, Gordon. Yeah, we're now a Tracksmith uh, podcast. Gordon tells everybody about the shoes. Yeah, I'm walking around. I'm talking to the cameraman. I'm like, hey, I know you're on your feet all day. Yeah. You got to wear these These shoes. These are comfy. You got to sub out those shoes you have on, put these on because it feels so good. He's been bounding around Mike A. Myers Stadium, folks. If you see him today... Because Gordon's been recognized a couple times at this meet. If you see him, they just point at his shoes and be like, how are they? And Gordon They're will great. tell you. They're great. Actually, if you want to get somewhere in any you know quick period of time, don't ask Gordon that. Because he'll just talk to you for about talking, five to ten minutes. Yeah. And be like, excuse me, sir. The 4 by one starting. And Gordon will be like, no, no, no. I have a couple more things I want to tell you about these shoes. I'm being honest. He's chatty. About right now, I'm being honest. I look forward to putting them on. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, this is going to feel good. Yeah. Because I know that my day is good. When I like put on a pair of flip-flops, I'm like, that's fine. Or put on dress shoes, I'm like, oh. Or any other type of running shoe. When I put these on, I'm like, all right, today's going to be a good day. So you got the 9 millimeter drop. Stack height of 33.5 at the heel and 24.5 at the forefoot. 
all gender styles. Comes in U.S. sizes, uh, men's 4 to 13, women's 5.5 to 14.5. Again, the website, tracksmith.com. We thank them for sponsoring the show. We'll talk about that men's 100. Noel Lyles. Noel Lyles beats uh, everybody but Fred Curlyfield and, Cur- and Christian Coleman. And, and Trayvon Moore and, and, and a couple a- of the Jamaicans. Team Blake, yeah, and Oblique But Sibel. other than that, all all of that, he beats. Everybody. <laughs> he beat a good field. He, beat he didn't beat everybody. You don't need to have everybody in every field. There's only eight lanes. I don't know. You see Omanyala, the world leader, in there. You see Marcel Jacobs, the Olympic champion, in there. Yeah. You see Tobogo. You see a couple. Like of I said, it was a great field, but there's only so many lanes, so he couldn't possibly beat the entire world. But he came on really well. It he felt beat. like he built. It felt like he beat the entire world. Yeah. But let's talk about that race. It's though. hard to sort out the hundred. This is just confirmed what we said before. I don't think so. I think it one hundred percent confirmed it, which is there's curly and there's a gap, and then there's we have no clue. That's not true. Between everybody else, Christian Coleman is the number two. One hundred percent. I you, will go to my grave with that one. Okay, so you, your your guy Coleman beat Noah Lyles. You're you're he lost to your guy Keen Blake. Yeah, but why are you lowering? He's seven for eight. Christian Coleman is seven for eight this season. One mm-hmm. loss. Yeah. To Akeem Blake. Akeem Blake, though, has multiple losses. I think I think two through nine is wide open. Oh, nah, man. Three through nine is wide open. Two through nine, wide open. Three through open. nine. Okay. That's All fine. right, let's go back to Noah Lyles, though. His start was not good. He was... Let's see if they have the reaction time. Let's see if I can find his reaction time. Where would it show it? I don't know. I mean, okay. So, through 10 meters, he was in seventh place. Through 20 meters, he was in 8th place. 30 meters, he was in 7th. 40 meters into the race, he was in 7th place. Right where he wants them. Right where he wants them. Mm-hmm. And then he moves into 2nd at the 50-meter mark and holds on to 2nd and then pulls into 1st place by the time he gets to... Uh, maybe that's not... Yeah. Yeah. And then he pulls, pulls away in the, in the second half of the race. But I mean, are you surprised? You just explained every Noah Lyles yes, 100 ever. But it's one of those things where for Noah Lyles to win the 100, he's got to be perfect because he doesn't get 200 meters of real estate to make to win. Like when you give him an extra 100 meters, it's going to be hard for some for him to run out of real estate because there's a lot of real estate for him to catch anybody yeah. who gets a good start on him. But in 100, it's, it's like running a 60 out there for him because it's not a lot of time. Because all these other guys are going to have – yeah. it's kind of like uh, – oh, never mind. It's not kind of like that. But anyway. You're going to say LeBron. But go ahead. <laughs> You're going to keep up your streak of comparing everything to LeBron. Nah, I was just impressed. It was a, I was too. a strong win. Um, just the way he did it, it, yeah. it, he was like in dead last, and he still was like, this guy's going to close on everyone. He has the ability to never be out of a race. But you're right. In order to win at the championships, he's going to need to be closer. If but, he wins, he's winning by like a point zero zero. Do you know what this puts back on the table, though? What? U.S. sweep. It does. So you're you, right. ha- you have to move that back. Because I'm, I'm big on Curly and Coleman. And now if you can throw in Lyles there. Yeah. Well, if you're saying Coleman is a clear number two. Yes. Well, then you have to like the... <laughs> then, then it's... Whatever two Americans versus Seville. Isn't that weird? Like, one race and now all of a sudden. It's almost like your take didn't really. Anyway, what? what? No, I was with you on it. I believed it. I still don't think the U.S. is going to sweep. But 
I so, think I think one of those guys is going to emerge. Jacobs was Jacobs seven. Let's talk about Jacobs. I mean, people just have this unrealistic expectations at this point. If he's hurt, he scratches two races, he comes back, and everyone's like, he's going to win this. Well, why? Why do you think that? Why would he beat Omanyala and Lyles, who have been running really well? Maybe they haven't been running as well as Fred Curley, but they've been running really well. And if he had back issues and he didn't have a good indoor season, what are you going off of with Jacobs? His, his European outdoor title last year, his indoors in 2022, are you going all the way back to Tokyo? Because that's a long way away. I mean, that is what they're going off of. Yeah, but I think that that's, at this point, you need to, you have plenty of other races to look at. Are you telling them to move on? I'm saying it was great. It was awesome. He ran fast. He gets, he gets hurt a lot, though, and we have enough more races that have currently that are that are happening that we can judge him off. And of. we got a deep field. We don't need to pretend like this is still 2021. Exactly. Yes, you have a deep field. So that was an upset. It was an upset in 2021. People thought it was the jumping off point. It was going to continue from there. Well, almost. I mean, 2022 indoors, it kind of did. 60 is different than 100. True. He's he's good at the 60. I'll, I'll give him that. But the 60 is is different than the 100. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm not I'm not surprised. I mean, I think you're a, you're take earlier about how he, he may not make the final. I think a fi- making the final at this point would be a good result for him. Yeah, he's not making the final. Come on. Too much depth. Too much depth. There's no way. Are we ready for NCAA? No, or? no, not. Uh, this okay. meet kept on getting better. Hmm. Let's, I do want to uh, do one side about, about the women's 200. Gabby Thomas looked really good. What a great comeback from her after struggling in a couple races yeah. early season and then just put it all together. You could see how excited she was when she crossed the line. Uh, threw her arms up. That was a big win for her. I think Abby Thomas is now in the driver's seat to win USA's. Wow. Are, you are making some quick turnarounds. I mean, I had Abby Steiner there, which she carries second. But Gabby Thomas, this is a win that kind of is like, I think now Gabby. I mean, remember, when Gabby was healthy, she was ran out of her mind at the Olympic trials, went on to get a medal at the Olympics. Yeah. We're kind of forgetting that. We're just like forgetting that she was her. During that moment in 2021, and we forgot about it because of the injuries 2022, but she's getting back onto that 2021 train. Sorry, my son's trying to get on the set. Yeah, son, we, he's, you can hear him in the mic. Yeah. You can't talk in the mic. <laughs> it's working. Can you, can you go back there and keep working on the workbook? Thanks, bud. Um, okay. Just take your son to work day at, <laughs> at the office. I just think it me- she's healthy, which yeah. is huge for her after the injury last year. And you know how good she is at her peak. Really, really exciting uh, times ahead in that women's 200. We'll see you know, who responds from there. I'm surprised you haven't brought up the 800. That's saving it for blast. All right. Okay. The men's 800. We had our moment. We had uh, the 800 is back moment. And I'm, I'm a believer. I am I'm believing that this is the start of something special. We had, okay, you had seven guys break 144. Mm-hmm. But I'm more impressed about six guys running 143 low, separated by 0.3 seconds. There were six guys in the race with 30 meters to go that legitimately all had a shot to win it. This. And yeah. it, it wasn't because they were running 145. They went they were for running it. 143 low. They went for it. When Yoni gets the win, last second, last second, 0.03 over A the two out. Algeria guys, yeah, uh, Mula and Sajadi, they were coming hard on the outside. I, yeah, Robert made a run, and the crowd was getting excited about that. Too. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, this is gonna be Mula's chick because I believed in Mula, but Mula was just not in good position. But now you have this 
Algeria duo of Mula and Sajadi. You have Wenyoni, the teenage guy who's now being consistently up in the front. Arop, one of those front runner type guys. Yeah, and he'll always be there. Big bodied. And then he just like, you know, uh Kim uh Kim Kinyamal. Kinyamal and Robert in the mix. You, there's gotta be some other guys that weren't here, but like, man. This was legitimately an exciting. It got me race. excited. Now, career not seeing in it at all <laughs> was a little bit like, "What's going on?" He got last twice. Now. He's got last yeah. one one forty seven. I just maybe this isn't his year. Maybe it's not his month. Maybe he'll get it together. No, I don't think so, man. You don't think so? Okay, I don't think. I think career. I think. I think right for twenty twenty four. He's he's got to focus on twenty twenty four. But this men's eight hundred, it's going to be exciting because people are now getting faster, and also there's still an unknown. But there's also the known of Wignoni continues to win. There's like, will someone, will the Algerians strike lightning and get a 1 2 at Worlds? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just so excited about it. Uh, 143. The Our hopes are back. up again. Our hopes are up again. I am don't all disappoint in. I'm all in on it. I trusted the process of the men's 800, <laughs> and we've got to this point. Now they're going to naturally, you know. Ruin, break my heart in Budapest and run like 144.98 for the win. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, God damn it. But right now, I'm on cloud nine. And I'm going to hold on to this cloud nine for a while because the Angels yeah. back. Love it. Angels back. Do you think the Angels back? Not fully, but that was the best one. Last year's Diamond League final was pretty good too. But this one was just, it was just an exciting, even with the time. I mean, if they all ran 146. And you saw six guys in it with 30 meters to go. You'd say, "Oh, well, of course they were running 146." But time, in combination with how competitive it was, was was fun. It was fun for sure. A uh, couple of things. Uh, Grant Holloway runs 12:98. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about he doesn't break 13 that often, but now he's starting to break 13 in June, so it's looking good for him. Again, we got to see what he does when he races Broadbell because mm-hmm. yep. that's his kryptonite right yep. now. But Grant looking good. Let's go to NCAA. Yeah, let's do it. We've waited long enough. Well, actually, do you want to check in the chat one more time? Before check in the this? chat. What's the chat saying? The chat. I, the chat. They're talking about the 800. I don't know. The chat's talking about Lyles. Talking about. I don't know. Let's just go right into the NCAAs. All right. This is a chat. This is a chat. Well, for, while you do that, I got to take care of one thing. Okay, you take care of one thing. I'll you start. Want, you can read the chat if you want to. In a second. I'll be right back. Sort this out. Uh, so Joseph Virgilio says, I'm surprised Gordon still trusts the process. Yeah. Tell me about it. It's a disease. The fact, the fact that I trust the, trust the process. All right. So let's talk about the NCAAs. Before we talk about the men's finals, let's do a quick recap of the two prelims days. Um, men's prelims, we had some shocking uh, sprint times. You had PJ Austin. Run 989 comes in with a a win legal PB of like 10 0 high, runs 989. We're like, how does that possible? How do you break 0.2 seconds off your 100 meter win legal PB just like that? But hey, we're learning that this track is fast. The Austin track is fast when it comes to sprinting. You see fast times at Texas Relays. Now we're seeing fast times at 2019 NCAs, seeing it at 2023 NCAAs. But overall, we saw. Very quick sprint times um, on the the men's side on prelim day. We saw a collegiate record by the Texas women on prelim day, run 41.55. Uh, it was just like, what is going on? So it got me really excited about 
You talking about prelims? Yeah. Well, right, doing a, well you were, I'm doing a prelim okay. for the, talk the about prelim the prelim for the prelim. Okay. Let's get into, let's get into the. Yes. I'm just saying the prelim set up for what I thought was going to be a great men's finals and women's finals. Women's finals are tonight. Men's finals happened last night. Let's start the men. Uh, we'll start in order. We'll just run through it uh, in order. Men's four by one. Man. Yeah. Now it came down, it ended up being a DQ. Kind of a bummer. So it had a kind of a bummer ending, but seeing Texas Tech. Your stare down right. on LSU. And it's just this weird thing. There's some staring going on on all these teams. It's not just like Houston and LSU. The Texas Tech's getting involved. Yeah. A little bit of it's unreal because we saw uh, LSU stare down Maswagani yeah. in the 100-meter prelim. Yeah. And then you see Texas Tech stare down LSU yeah. in the 4 by one final. Well, Going back to West prelims, Texas Tech stared across, going across the line, and then they didn't even win the the heat. Bennett, you got to chill with the with the chair. It was it's just interesting how like we just see the the back and forth, and it was like, well, let's go. Look. Yeah, it's an it's an epidemic of staring. That's Lots what we got staring. going on. So, but what's funny is, I mean, it was so exciting. It was building up to this great thing, and then it gets decided on DQ. Which, yeah. is, which was unfortunate. Texas Tech crossed the line first. They ultimately get DQ'd. So LSU gets elevated. I even think, you talked to LSU afterwards, the vibe I got from them was just like, doesn't, they wanted to win yeah, crossing the line yeah. first. Didn't feel the same. Like, yeah, they get to have the honor of getting first and they get the medals and they get the 10 points, but it wasn't the same as crossing the line first. And imagine, that's what, it, winning on DQs is not... Not good, fun. It's not fun. Yeah. It's almost just... You'd rather just get second and live with it than get a win on a DQ. If someone drops the stick and they're out, okay, well, that's different yeah. because you get to experience cross the line first. But when you cross the line second and then get elevated, it's not the same. But but Texas Tech didn't go quietly. We'll talk more about what happened to them yeah, later so on. The meets start off, but there's also another thing that happened. Georgia DNF'd. Yeah. Elijah Godwin uh, must have uh, something happened with injury. He ends up not even entered in the 400. Yeah. So Georgia's kind of track uh team title hopes kind of start getting a big uh on shaky ground where they don't finish in the four by one godwin's hurt we saw kyle garland earlier uh get second to yeah. leo new uh in the uh decathlon yeah. so it wasn't looking good for georgia so it looked like it was gonna be more of a florida arkansas lsu maybe stanford which we'll get into later. yeah so men's 15 uh first distance race of the day Man, you dub. They <laughs> have had a wild two years now because Nathan Green gets the win. His teammate Joe Wascom, the defending 1500 meter champion, gets second. Mm -hmm. Remember Luke Hauser, who ends up not scoring in this race, he gets 10th. He won the indoor mile. So now Nathan Green, 2023 1500 meter champ, Luke Hauser, 2023 mile champ, and Joe Wascom, 2022 1500 meter champ. Three guys. All NCAA champions in that event, in the same event. They spread the wealth. They spread it out. Well done. And they couldn't have been happier for each other. They said when someone wins a national title, you don't know. They just like get right back to it and, and make sure it gets done. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the, stuff. the time wasn't that fast. They closed. What was their closing time? Closed in 51.88 for Nathan Green. Pretty, pretty impressive close. Mm -hmm. uh, Nathan Green. Is he a sleeper for the 1500? <laughs> I don't know. USA's? I mean, it's tough to crack into that group right now. We've just talked about how good it is. Yeah, so. but that group is really good because they're running low 330s, like 333s, 334s, 332 stuff. But 
USA is not going to be 332, 333 race. USA is going to be 336. Uh, it could be. No, nah, it's going to be 336. It could be. I, think, I don't think Nagus and those guys are going to wait around. I think they're going to make it quick. You'd be surprised. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd be shocked if someone who's an NCAA athlete makes that top three. Why don't you break down the steeple? I'm going to take one more break. Okay. So, uh, moving towards uh, men's steeple, this was a race that I, Kevin, was actually very excited about. Kenneth Rooks, Duncan Hamilton. It's kind of the, a preview of USA's because Rooks and Hamilton with Hillary Bohr uh, breaking his foot, you could argue are the two best steeplers in the country. So I was excited to see it what, go down. Hamilton and Rooks separate from the pack uh, with like 500 to go. Kenneth Rooks makes a huge move and Hamilton just can't respond. Rooks just slowly separates and Rooks doesn't fall apart in the final 500. And he's able to get the win over Hamilton. Talked to Hamilton after the race. He said he thought he was in position the entire time. Even when the move was made, he's like, I'm going with it. There's a little bit of a gap, but I'm going to close it in the final moments. But he just didn't have in his legs. Ends up almost getting caught by Victor Kipiego of UTEP, freshman uh, from UTEP. Runs 832 to get third from, uh, from UTEP. Uh, but Hamilton... Seemed kind of disappointed. Uh, you got to imagine. He, he said he was envisioning this moment, like crossing the tape first. He's had a phenomenal, you know, four years at Montana State, doing great in the mile, indoors, 3Ks, all that stuff. He thought this was his moment. But Kenneth Brooks gets it done. This was his third championship appearance. He figures out a way to take down what I could say was probably one of the hardest number two runners to beat. Like, Rooks wasn't given this. This wasn't a given to him on a platter. It took beating the second fastest collegiate of all time to get this. And he was able to pull it off. And you look at now Kenny Rooks. This guy Kenny? Be, you calling him Kenny? Kenny. Okay. Can I? Sure. Kenny, Kenny I mean, Rooks. I don't know. You got Kenny him. B and Kenny Rooks. <laughs> you got to look at this and be like, this guy might win USA. Well, this this I disagreed with your 1500 USA's implication. This one is real. Not yeah. just with him, but with Hamilton, too. I could see Hamilton bouncing back True. and getting into the top three at USA's as well, too. It's one of those things where you sort of feel bad for the runner-up yeah, because they just happen to have a career that coincided with another person who's an all-time great. It would be the same way if Kenny got second. Exactly. You have two of the top three fastest in history running really well, and someone had to win, someone had to lose. But yeah. yeah, I was really excited about this race. Men's uh, 110 hurdles, uh, 13.24 winning time for Philip Lemonius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arkansas. This it, was kind of a very toss-up style race. It wasn't a true, like, number one like we've had in the past with the Daniel Roberts and Grant Holloway's, Eric Edwards types of this world. Same thing with the low hurdles, too. That was a big toss-up. It ended up going Alabama one, too. But, yeah, Lemonius was very, very excited, kind of speechless, he said, after he won. Said he's excited to compete against his rival or his some of his idols now. Like he said, Broadbell and Holloway are his his idols, and he's gonna hopefully line up with them one day. But yeah, good run for him. And that, I mean, Arkansas came up a little bit short, but that was at the time huge points for for them in the seam race. Uh, Devion Wilson of Houston gets second. He was twenty fourth last year. Congrats to him. Big improvement. Second, it's pretty damn good. Nice, nice job. So nice good job. for Houston, who enters the Big Twelve next year. Mm-hmm. They're going to have him. Uh, Mason Ganway comes back as well. He's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back for a senior year. So you talk to him. Yeah, the Houston's going to have a, a good one-two punch in the hurdles and uh, sprints. 
All right, let's go to the men's hundred though. Uh, men's hundred. So we saw PJ Austin in the prelims were nine eighty nine. Yeah. Other guys broke ten as well. All win legal. Setting up to what we thought was going to be a, a phenomenal. Who's going to take it? And I don't think anyone had Courtney Lindsay winning this. No, although you could have because we said it was wide open and he was in that group of that group of six that I thought could take it. It was, I mean, at ninety nine meters, you still didn't know who yeah. won. I mean, it was even th- after the race, Sean thought he won because he was like celebrating. It yeah. ended up being third. Or, yeah, but it was what was it nine eighty nine and then Dodson was nine ninety and then Sean was ninety one. PR 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 as well, I believe. Yeah. So fourth place PR. Yeah, a great race all around. Yeah, Austin had the really good semi. He said at the time, didn't mean anything if he didn't win the final because I think he knew how close it was going to be, and and it ended up delivering just a very very tight race. We said it was wide open all year, so it was fitting that it came down to a hundredth of a second. Who had Williams and Ash finish finishing seventh and eighth? Yeah, I mean that that part was surprising, but again, did they didn't do anything throughout the year to clearly separate themselves? Yeah. This was a situation we had a person. They who both was, had injuries. Yeah, that too, and there wasn't a someone running nine eighty five or something. There wasn't. It was going to be wide open, and this is the end result. So credit to Cordy Lindsay for pulling it out, especially bouncing back after the DQ and the four by one. But like even Cordy Lindsay is also wild because you know who's not in this race? Terrence Jones, right? The sixty meter champion. Yeah, and so you were it, like, all right, it was wide open even on the Texas Tech team. Yeah. about who would win. Who would, That's like, how open this was. Yep, you were like, right. oh, this is gonna be Terrence, and then all of a sudden Cordy Lindsay is the one who gets the title. Uh, he's an American, so he's going to be going up against. All the, the Curleys, the Coleman's, and yeah. Lyles, and Bromells, and all those. So, but he's run 989. Yeah. That is the times that these other big U.S. guys are running. Uh, and he's Lenz, run under pressure, too. I yes. think that helps when you go to USA's because you're running with nothing to lose and running. Because he's at the beginning of his career. He doesn't have the weight of the expectations of the team talent. Obviously, he wants to, to run good. That, that's not... That's not in dispute, but it's just a different level of pressure. And I think sometimes you can run free when you're in that situation. And if you run relaxed, you can run fast sometimes. So is Lindsay going to break the top four? I think top four should be tough. Makes the final. I think that would be huge. Yeah. I mean, Williams made the final. Yeah, of course. Off the NCAA season. So Uh, very exciting and kind of sets up for uh, the 200. Let's go right into the 200. Um, We'll go out of order here, but. Udoti, who finished, was he six? Yeah, runs nine ninety eight. Finished sixth in a hundred. I remember pre two hundred, talking to a colleague, and I was like, "Who do you think's going to win the two hundred? And he was like, "Udoti." But I was like, "But Udoti got sixth in a hundred. But that's exactly how his prelim looked, and then he ran nineteen seventy six. So he didn't. He had. I mean, he qualified through, which yeah. was good. But it wasn't as if he turned in the top performance." in the 100 and then just turned around. We see that sometimes. Someone does a, has a great 100 and then you just pick them automatically for the 200. That that wasn't the case here. But he ended up putting together two really good rounds. And this also had a, a group of four up front. Yeah. Doty wins 1984, Lindsay 1986, Jones 1987, and Robert Gregory 1989. All very close, all in a, a, an elite time. Third, second, third, and fourth all run PBs in that final. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of interesting seeing a guy get six and a guy get first, and then Udoti's able to get first on uh yeah. Lindsay in the 200. 1984 for Udoti. Uh, now he's running 1907, 19, He's And he said for Worlds, he's going to do the 200 and the 4 by 1 for Nigeria. That's what he wants to do. So he's just focusing on the 200. 200 is a good place to focus, though. I know it's, it's tough 
on the U.S. side of things, but outside of that U.S. group, we talked about this before with Von Bale. It's like you run the 200, you're good. You can get to a bunch of finals in the yeah. World Championships. Well, it's so, only going to be four spots for the, the U.S. guys. U.S., so you, you can make your way into that top four. And we talked, you and I did, about how good that Nigerian <sighs> 4 by one team would be just if you look at the NCAA guys because between Godson, Ogunbrume, between Favor Ashe, and now Udodion Wazirike, that's 75% of a really good – four by one team and he said they had talked about it too so this is something that's been in the works a young generation of of nigerian sprinters that could medal realistically i will say this though the men running 19-8 i mean uh 19-8 in the 200 and 9-8 in the 100 did you think it was gonna be a little bit faster because the prelims are so fast because yeah. you go 76 and 89 you think they're gonna go up but the problem is it's so hard just you have to run a a semi like a final yeah that's the reality of the ncaa so that's true. you know and then the weather maybe is a little bit different or the wind's not blowing in the right direction then it slows down so basically you're just looking at two finals when you watch these races unless point. you get somebody who's just head and shoulders above everybody who can clearly shut it down way early like but even britain wilson's running really fast in the prelims and she doesn't need to yeah so all right men's 400 this was a preview of what was going to be an awesome 4x4, which mm -hmm. we'll get to later, because we had three Florida Gators in this race and three Sun Devils from Arizona State in this race. So it made sense that that 4x4 was going to be what it became. Yeah. Uh, but Emmanuel Bamadelli, a transfer from Texas A&M, gets the win by .01 over Ryan Willie, his teammate. Florida goes 1-2. Their third teammate comes in seventh. They get 20 points here. Going 1-2 in this race was huge for Florida's uh, title uh, odds, especially Godwin was a DNS, got hurt in the 4 by one and the fact that they were able to take advantage of his absence to go 1-2 yeah, huge. If, I mean, if you put Godwin in there, just say he gets, just even say he gets second, it goes two, fewer points. two fewer points. What's the, the margin was what? They won by four. Okay, so that wouldn't have mattered. But if he won, yeah. then there would have been... Uh, four fewer points. Four points, yeah. and, and that that's the shit. But yeah, credit to, all credit to Florida... Man, they're amazing in this event, and it transferred over into the 4x4. I thought Willie would, would do it, so the fact that Bamadeli comes and takes it is uh, just a testament to how good they are top to bottom over there. Yeah, top four all run uh, PBs, 44-24, 44-25, 44-49, 44-51. Um, it's weird. Sometimes – Justin Robinson PB? Justin Robinson PB, 44-51. Yeah, That's awesome. Uh, it's sometimes you kind of take – for granted 44s because mm -hmm. we see it so often in four by four splits you run 44 and you, you like wait for the 43 high splits right but 44 is low pretty damn good and yeah. that is if you can able to be consistent consistently 44 low you're able to make teams and you're able to make world finals yeah 100%. you don't need to be a 43 2 guy mm -hmm. 43 3 guy to like <laughs> that would help it would help but you don't need to be 43 4 to just to yeah. be elite at the world level. Gotcha. So excited to see what those two Florida Gators do at, in, in the summer. Mm -hmm. So let's go to the men's 800, though. I thought this was the race of the meet. Yeah, in my so opinion. far. Yeah. yeah, so far. Obviously, what Brent Wilson does will change that. But Yusuf Bizimana was the favorite going in. They go out in 53 seconds. You think this is perfect for him. He has a great kick. But then Will Sumner, mm -hmm. he... Basically, he was at the lead through. He, was he? 
Yeah, he he took it out in 53-12. So mm-hmm. he was in the lead through the first 400 and never let go of it. He pulls away from Busy Mana. And I'm like, is everyone just like running slow? Like, <laughs> in the, like just don't have it? And Will Sumner's just running a, an average race. No, Will Sumner is running, in my opinion, one of the most incredible negative splits I've ever seen in an 800. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that, man. Okay, he runs 144.2. Mm-hmm. I get it. Like, men are running 140, should be able to run 142, 143. Saw what Donovan Brazier did when mm-hmm. he ran 143 for the collegiate record. But I think this is more impressive than Donovan Brazier's collegiate record. Well, it's just the opposite. I'm sure Brazier went out in 51, probably, yeah. or something like that. And but then... it's hard, just because it's the opposite makes it even 50- more impressive. To go 53.12, 53.12. And then 51-15. Yeah. He negative split by practically a full two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're right. When you're watching it, you're looking at, wait, what's going on with the rest of the field? And you're like, oh, no, it's just Sumner. He was 51-15 in the second was, half. Man, he was cooking that last 200. He was rolling. And I thought top of the home stretch, okay, maybe Busy Mana has another gear and has one last way. But Sumner just ran. Busy Mana ran well. Like, he ran great. I thought Busy Mana was running Awful, but he's still close. Busy Miner close in 52 55. Like, that's good. That's what you should be able to do when you go out in 53. But 51 15, man, like, that is Nick Simmons type kick in. That is yeah. impressive. Yeah. I mean, I obviously Will Summers, a freshman. I'm not saying he's ready to go to the next level at the world level and compete against what we saw at the Diamond League because that's a different type of ability. But as a true freshman, to do a two second negative split in the 800. That's not normal. We don't see this. Yeah. And, and to do it in the NCAA you championships. You don't seem to recognize that this is not normal. No, I said it was amazing. I said the kick. I just didn't know. Um, I thought what Brazier did was spectacular, too. This is more impressive than what Brazier did. I disagree, but that's okay. I mean, the, the finishing time is a finishing time. But to say it's you don't not know, as it's impressive so as a collegiate It's so hard, rank. man, to, to, to negative split by two seconds at this speed. Yeah. It's so hard, man. I'm telling you. I understand you that's ask, hard. You ask any 800-meter runner, they'll be like... What? <laughs> you did that? I'm not. No, I'm th- I think it's great. You know, we should do it. Brazier was great we got, too. I got to find a, an elite 800. We should. We should ask, Did Nick Simmons tweet about it? Let's see if Nick Simmons tweeted about it. <laughs> right? Because he would, he would have a good perspective on this. Let's see if he has a reaction to. No, his top tweet is casting call, shooting a video in Las Vegas. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. But I would love to get Nick Simmons' reaction to that race because I think he would – No, it was a, it's amazing. I'm not yeah, – no. true freshman running that time. A hundred percent. It was an amazing, amazing run. I think he has – I think he obviously you watch that and you think he can go faster for sure. Yeah, so. And it's Sumner. already a fast time. Sumner. All right, really uh, good. men's 400 hurdles. You talked about it. Alabama yeah. goes 1-2. The big story here was the fact that um, – Oh, Aiden Owens. Aiden dilemma. Owens wasn't in the final. We thought he would score 10 points. That was probably one of the biggest reasons why Arkansas didn't win because they got zero points from him. He could have scored in the decathlon if he did the decathlon, but he's like, hey, I'll get points in the 400 hurdles. Ends up getting zero. But Alabama going 1-2. Uh, and Chris Robinson, 48-12. It's pretty good. But as you know, 400 hurdles were now... In the world of 46s. world of 46s and 47s, it's kind for, of hard. For Aiden, though, I should mention, medically, they didn't want him to do, or he didn't want to do a decathlon this year. And yeah. That was, so like that's why he shifted to the foreign hurdles. I think I didn't get a chance to talk to him about the foreign hurdles. I think it was just an off day, just bad race, yeah. which it c- comes at a bad time because you're right. Could have been 10 points. 
Um, could I mean, and maybe even not even ten, but maybe eight or six. So that's a bad bad break for the Razorbacks. Five uh, K, interesting race. Obviously, the heat and the elements and the way the men's five K played out that they were jogging. They went out through three K in eight fifty three. Mm-hmm. So not too fast for three thousand meters. No. And then uh, basically to 3,400 meters, it was still slow. Uh, you know, 10 minutes to 3,400 meters. It didn't start until uh, Nico Young decided to let's go, and he runs a 60.94, <laughs> 400 yeah. uh, with four laps to go. Starts spreading the field out. People go with. Uh, but he only he does that 60-second surge, but then his next lap is 64, mm-hmm. and his next lap is 65. Still closes in 60. But that surge only lasted for a lap. And the fact that he made that surge only for a lap allowed for... Everybody stuck around. Everyone stuck around. If I he mean, did that surge maybe for two laps, maybe he whittles it down more. But he got a one-lap surge isn't enough. He got it down to about six. Yeah. I mean, I respect him for making the move, going for it. That was his best path to victory. It just... He said he wanted to move, but he thought he moved a little too much. So maybe if... Maybe it wasn't a 60. Maybe if it was a, a 62, and he could come back with another 62. And yeah. Then, Go from there, but he played his cards as best as he could. It's just the field was was on top of it, and Kai Robinson, I think, just brimming with confidence after the five k, yeah. and just knowing, all right, I'm going to cover every move, and then I have a better kick than everybody. And that's what that was. Yeah, runs uh, last lap in fifty five five wins pretty handily, wins by basically two seconds over Graham Blanks, yeah. who uh, just a sophomore at Harvard. Who people don't know, like, think was it during COVID year or like. I think he ran unattached when he wasn't allowed to run for Harvard. Yeah. And he I ran, ran like a really fast 5K. He's, he's sophomore, but he is 21. Yeah. He just turned 21. The reason I mentioned that, he mentioned having a celebratory beverage in the interview. So Because he said he can he say that now because he's of age. So, yeah. Uh, great run for him. Um, it's a fun video on our Instagram of the Harvard coaches uh, reacting yeah. to Grant Blank's scan second. Which is right because obviously everyone thinks about who wins. But there's – some moments here, you look at some of these people like Luke Tawalt, the sophomore from Wake Forest, gets mm. fourth. That's impressive. I mean, this had a good field. Nico Young was in it. Brian Fay, mm. who's kicker galore, he ends up getting ninth. <laughs> kicker uh, galore. Casey Klinger got 11th. Uh, there's some talented athletes who, I mean, Dylan Jacobs didn't even start. But, yeah. Uh, seeing Klinger, Fay, and Young finish in the 8, 9, and 11 oh, area. Something. It's And uh, Charles Hicks was back in six. So for Parker Wolf. Luke Tewalt, Jackson Sharp, and Graham Blanks, they got to be like, this is a good run. Yeah. Pre-meet, I was talking about the Jacobs double, and it ended up being, not only did he not double, somebody else doubled. Yeah. Kai Robinson. Like, that's how, but I'm not even surprised. Like, Kai Robinson's a great runner. They didn't have the indoor season they wanted and came back and ran really well uh, outdoors. All right. Last but not least, men's 4 by 4 The team title was on the line. Yeah. It's exciting. Florida needed to make a five-point gap over Arkansas. Uh, which basically meant that if they win, Arkansas needed to finish like fourth or something mm. like that. Um, and if Florida got second, Arkansas could finish like third. But Arkansas basically finished dead last. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically Florida likely was going to win whether or not they got first or second. But then you realize, wait a minute, we have yeah. three 400-meter finalists for Florida, three 400-meter finalists for Arizona State. They're all in the 4 by 4 <laughs> Yeah. Florida's coming off a break in the collegiate record. We might see another collegiate record, and we did. Uh, Florida runs 257-74, breaks their own collegiate record by .02. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, Arizona State runs 257.78. Uh, and, man, that was a, a very thrilling finish. Uh, Florida was able to hold off Arizona State. Look at the splits. Uh, we don't have the first and second lap split, but Florida splits 44-9, 44-2-8. Arizona State's anchor, 43-9. Mm. Uh, Texas A&M had a great anchor running 43-95. Uh, anyone else have the fastest? Yeah, fastest split was 43-9 by A&M. But uh, that's one thing that's interesting about Florida's 257. Typically... These like top teams, they have like one forty-three guy. Yeah, that kind of makes up for their forty-five <clears throat> mid guy. Florida's just like 44, 44, <laughs> 44. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they needed to make up that gap, and they had a team that ran the fastest time in collegiate history. That sort of tells you everything you need to know about Florida. Yeah. So very impressive there for um, the Gators. They get the win once again. The Florida track manager's Twitter account. Yeah, they found up, you. Found the, got the receipts of me saying that I never get Florida's uh, score that wrong. Yeah. I was wrong uh, going into the meet. But then when I calibrated for PJ Austin running 989, uh-huh. I predicted it. Well, how far were you off by? They didn't score. A- so I had them. Well, I had them scoring 35 points and getting fifth. Oh, okay. Uh, but So you were off. I thought PJ Austin was a 10-0 guy. Yeah. I didn't think he was a not, I didn't think he was good. Yeah, but that only added What did he get? He got 4 points. Yeah. They didn't give points to the prelim. Yeah, so. but it, but then I recalibrate it. Okay. And then going into the finals, I said they would score 55. They scored 57. Yeah. So, but Florida oh. man, they get it done. It's I mean, it's basically the big difference that Florida did that wasn't expected is going one two in the four hundred, mm-hmm. right? Because you think Godwin's yeah. going to be involved there, and even if they, even with Godwin, there's some other like Justin Robinson's good. Mm-hmm. Like there's some other great four hundred. So going one two in the four hundred was a big surprise. Scoring higher in the hundred than they, even though he got yeah. fifth or something, that's still like there was hundred was good. Yeah, and I think they did really good in the triple jump that helped them, uh, and. Everywhere else, like they were supposed to win the four by four, they did what they did in the four by one. It really was going one two in the four hundred, and their triple jumper Sean Dixon Brody. Those two, that was like what took them from podium team to national champions. I want to talk about the press conference curse because we had four field event athletes at the press conference, and three of them lost. Jaden Hibbert didn't, obviously. Yeah. He did what Jaden Hibbert does and dominated the competition. But Nicholas Elekna, Discus, lost. Sanjay Godomson, Gatormson, lost. And Kyle Garland, lost. Pretty surprising stuff there. And if you're looking for the Bowerman, and you're, well, you're talking an awful lot about... Where about, is he? You got to look hard. Well, Hibbert's going to get it. Yeah. But if you're looking for finalists, and I know it's more of a debate on the women's side... But that'll get partially sorted out today. But on the men's side, you thought, okay, one of those, two of those guys, they'll break the collegiate record again, or they already have the collegiate record. But you think it's wide open right now, which brings us to a certain athlete who did not even compete at the meet because they didn't even compete in Division One this year, and that's Cordell Tinch. I think we're going to see it. I think we're going to see a D2 athlete make the finals of the Bowerman. Ultimately, I think it's going to go to Hibbert, but I think Tinch has a good enough case to be included in that final three. Yeah. Is there any 
person who won indoors also win outdoors? Besides Hibbert? You're talking about field events or any, any event? event? Well, Robinson obviously didn't win indoors. Yeah. Sumner didn't win indoors. A different Washington guy. Well, maybe Washington Milers just as an amal- uh, <laughs> amalgamation. Just one. Like Courtney Lindsay didn't win. Udodu didn't win. Uh, Udodi. Udodi. Uh, the four- 110 hurdles was different. Godwin won indoors. He didn't win this. Yeah, Godwin. Yep. Uh, Field events. I mean, Kyle Garland did not win outdoors. Who won long jump indoors? Long jump indoors. What if it's just a whole bunch of Arkansas jumpers and Washington middle distance runners? It's just uh, those two. That's all that's left. Yeah, like did McLeod win indoors? Okay, so the indoor champ, Terrence Jones, did not win outdoors. Uh, Matthew Bowling, 200, did not win. Uh, Elijah Godwin didn't win. Uh, uh, Yusuf Bizimana didn't win. We talked about the mile, 3K, 5K. That was the same. Uh, Who won the 60? Gianna Roberts, Clemson, didn't win. Uh, What's up? Field events. Roman Beckford. South Florida, he did win. Mm. I think he did. Did he? Yeah, yeah. South, the high jumper. Yeah, he won. Yep. So that's a, that's that's somebody. Goodrichman did not win the pole vault. Kerry McLeod, the Kerry McLeod. Yeah. Won? Yep. So long jump, high jump. They got the dive jump, triple jump, obviously. Shot put. Did Jordan Geist win? Look it up. No, I thought. Uh, oh wait, no, I was thinking discus. I'm looking it up. Men's shot put. We didn't, we didn't do our research that well. well I don't know. My, my computer. Guys did win. So, guys did pull off the double. So, it could be three different field event athletes. Yeah, so Geist, I don't know, but you also could. Like, McLeod, Hibbert, and Beckford. But you also could say, all right, do you wait it to Kai, does Kai Robinson get in the mix now with a 510 double? Does what Leo Nugenbauer did in the decathlon, does that get factored? I just think, look at Tinch's body of work. I know it's D2, but look at the marks he's putting up in the high hurdles. High jump, long jump. I, I think he should be there. Hibbert's going to get it, but I think it, I think uh, Tinch deserves to be in the top three. And we talked about that last year with maybe Azamati getting in and maybe Trevor Bassett getting in. They they didn't ultimately, but I think it could be Tinch's turn. Yeah. So the, you think Hibbert, Geist, and Tinch? I'd have to look for that third one. I'd, I'll have to do more research on the third one. We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Uh, Monday podcasts. Back to normal time, 1230. We'll react to what's going to happen in this women's NCAA championship. Oh, it's going to be awesome today. It's going to be so good. All right, we'll do, let's do time machine. Time machine. Yeah, 10 seconds. Women. That was a hell. What just happened? I can't believe that. I thought you were going to do headlines. Britton Wilson just pulled off the double. She oh, I can believe 48, it. 48.9, and then she runs 54 seconds in the 400 hurdles. I think sub 49 could happen. Yeah. What else? Is that what you're going yeah, with? Yeah, we're pretending that we it actually I thought we were new headlines. I thought we were new headlines. Yeah, I think, I think Wilson sub 49. Um, Alfred double collegiate record. Maybe. Depends how much of that Paris track they've been able to transport to Austin. Like, did they get it here overnight? Um, let's just talk about the – I mean, the main storyline is the three doubles. Will Wilson do off the, pull off the double? Yes. Will – I mean, I'm going to say yes on all three. Okay. Yes on all three. You just ruined that, that's boring. I know it's boring, but I think it's yes on all three. But I think it's gonna go. It's gonna go a level up in terms of times. The times yesterday. I mean, the, the races were great and it was awesome. But like the times, you're right. Sumner was the the time that really stood out. Sprints were spoiled because the prelims are so fast. But I think today will be the day of 
the ridiculous times and the ridiculous the damn ridiculous times. Yeah, I mean the the competition. Well, that's what we expected all year because it's this on the women's side. It's been about the stars. The men, it's been about parody. Women's been about the stars. It's Alfred. It's Wilson. I mean, it's Tui. Well, and even that that eight, you got Michaela uh, Rose talking about going after yeah. the collegiate record. And there's a lot of talent in the women's eight as well, too. Women's high hurdles with Messiah Russell, Nugent, and Aaliyah Armstrong. Like, that's three women who can run really fast. I think today is going to be the day of all-time marks across the board for for the women's competition. I mean, there's a superstar in literally every single event. It's so exciting. Like and subscribe. We'll be back here 1230 Central on Monday reacting to NCAAs and anything else that happens over the weekend. Uh, thanks again for Tracksmith for sponsoring the pod. I'm telling you, these shoes, <laughs> they're amazing, especially if you're covering a track me for five hours. <laughs> See you guys. See you guys then.